This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Martinez, the shuttle pass to Washington. Washington makes a couple of moves to the end zone. Touchdown! Handoff here to Washington. Changes directions. Washington again out to the races. There goes Washington. They're not going to catch him. 60-yard touchdown run. Handoff up the middle. Breaking free is Mills. Touchdown, Cornhuskers. Hey everybody, welcome to the Husker Cuzcast Sports Show. Justin here along with the Cousins, Derek and Tyler. The Huskers put on an, an impressive performance by blowing out Northern Illinois 44-8 to on Saturday. Derek, what did you think of this game? You know, this was uh, by far the best game Nebraska's played. Uh, this was probably the worst offense that we faced, so I wasn't too worried about the defense to begin with, but that offense really impressed me so far. We'll, I'll get into some of the numbers here in a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually finally got to rewatch a game that I didn't dread rewatching. It was kind of nice. Tyler, was it refreshing for you? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I think we started off the game, and, you know, the first two passes uh, Adrian Martinez threw were really off the mark. And I was sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, this could be a disaster. And as the avid listeners know, uh, this has been a game I've been scared about. You know, for months, I thought this was a potential trap game. And so everything was coming back, and then we settled down. And yeah, like Derek said, probably one of the better games we've played in a long time. All right, Derek, I know you want to get into the nuts and bolts of the offense. Give it to us. Well, you know, they still sputtered at times. Uh, Overall, they looked pretty good, though. Look, our offense, we had a 100-yard rusher. And I know that doesn't sound like much. It's Northern Illinois. But let me tell you guys something. Northern Illinois has not had a 100-yard rusher against them in 17 games. And this includes number 10, Utah, who's number 32 rushing team in the country. And their leading rusher only had 80 yards. And we had a guy at 116 on only 11 carries averaging 10.5 yards a carry, and another guy who only carried the ball four times and had 60, 63 yards yeah. for an average of 15 yards a carry in Maurice Washington. Uh, this makes me feel really, really optimistic about the running game starting to improve and starting to get better because this was a good run defense that we faced. And, and uh, we had 231 yards, was it 231 yards, I believe, Rushing in this game, the last time that Northern Illinois as a team gave up that more than that many yards was November 16th of 2016 against Eastern Michigan. And again, guys, I mean, look, they've played Iowa, Utah two times, Florida State, BYU, Buffalo last year in the in the conference championship. And remember, Buffalo's offense was really good last year. Right. So, and so I mean, they've stopped all these teams from running for the last two years more or less, and, and Nebraska really opened it up on them. So I, I was impressed with the offense overall. 
Uh, well, they do have. They did have a first year head coach. You know, a new head coach there. Uh, Tyler, your thoughts on the offense? Well, you know, Derek, you kind of hit it on the rush. I'm going to go to a little bit different direction. I'm going to talk about the passing. I thought Adrian Martinez looked really well, um, looked really, really good in this performance. You know, he completed 16 out of 27 pass attempts. Um, I thought he looked about as good in the pocket making plays as I've seen him do. Um, you know, this was the first game that we really got multiple receivers in, uh, involved. I mean, we had uh, three wide receivers, not just players, have multiple catches. Uh, I, I I don't believe we've had another game. We've had only other time we've done that is having multiple wide receivers is the first game, um, and that's Wondell Robinson. So getting no involved was a huge factor in this game. I just thought overall Adrian Martinez looked like he passed the ball around a lot better than he had in previous weeks. Uh, so overall, I loved what I saw from the passing game. And secondly, another area where I've been really critical of, and this goes into the running game, is the offensive line. I thought Cam Jurgens easily played his best game as a Husker. Uh, you know, the snaps trouble seemed to be beyond him, and I think he is blocking really well right now. So I, I like what I see out of that position. So we've been critical of him. Got to give him praise. He looked really good this week. All right, so moving to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Tyler, what did you think of the defense? Well, you know, we did not allow a touchdown, and and that's really impressive to see. You know, I think a guy who has just been making plays, I think, all year is Justin's favorite Husker, Lamar Jackson. I I have been very impressed with him in coverage, Uh, and and while our secondary continues to show a little bit of cracks, what does not show any cracks is our run game. We have not given up a 50-yard rusher this year. We are 20th in the country against the run. Um, and I truly believe we might now have the best defensive line in the Big Ten. I love what those guys up front are doing. Wow. Derek? Well, you, you talk about that that pass defense. And, and look, there was probably at least two plays in the first quarter that they could have burned us if they had, if their quarterback had thrown a good pass. It probably would have been six points right right off the bat. Yeah. But that run defense has been phenomenal. Look, guys, we've held all three team games that we've played so far this year, we've held them to under 100 yards rushing. The last time Nebraska did that was actually in 2017. And we did it against Northern Illinois, Rutgers, and at Illinois. So hopefully that's a good sign for things to come in the next week. Uh, Tyler, you talked about us being number 20 in the country in yards per game. That's, a, that's 82 yards. Let me, let, me, let me tell you guys, the, the Big Ten is stacked when it comes to run defense. So, You know where that ranks us in the Big Ten? Eighth. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 but here's the thing. Like you could say, okay, we've played Colorado, we've played Northern Illinois, and we've played South Alabama. So, I mean, how, how much – I mean, yeah, you're stopping the run. But it's not like they're not trying to run on us. We're actually had 113 attempts so far against us, which ranks 88th in the country. So a lot of these teams are trying to run on us, and they're just not getting it done. Uh, we're also 25th in yards total, which is also 8th in the Big Ten. We're 12th in yards per play, though. That's the big one. We got 2.18 yards per play on running, which, again, only ranks 6th in the Big Ten. So like, – Again, that Big Ten is really stacked when it comes to this run defense. But it's awesome to see that we're not 
dead last because we could very easily be there. Hey, Derek, you know, you, you brought up the uh, in the first half there where the wide receiver got behind uh, Cam Taylor Britt and DiCaprio Boodle uh, on two different plays and the quarterback just couldn't connect. Rewatching that game, those were some huge plays that uh, Northern Illinois missed on. And that receiver, I mean, he had him beat. If that quarterback would have connected, that whole that whole first half would have been completely different. And also, that, that whole game that whole game is a different story. Oh yeah, that whole that changes the whole game. How we stop them like that? Like if they score a touchdown there, all of a sudden they feel like they're in this game. Yeah. Well, there are so many missed opportunities for Northern Illinois in that game. You know, whether it was you know the. Uh, drop balls, the missed balls uh, that the quarterback missed on, being on the goal line. I mean, that was a tremendous stop by our defense on the goal line. But when they're sitting there at first and goal from like the eight, I think it was, I mean, it just felt like they were going to score on that drive. Uh, we made the drive. But I say all that to say, you know, the, the whole outcome of the game could have been different. Uh, missed opportunities on Northern Illinois. Good for our defense for uh, taking advantage. But Well, uh, okay, so – but you're you're right on that, and we probably got lucky not giving up a touch on that goal line stand. But again, I feel like we're making plays um, on this defense. Is this the best defense Nebraska's ever seen? No, but I you can't be watching this team through three games and not be thinking that this defense is light years ahead of where it was last year. Oh, absolutely! It, it, it's definitely the strength, but it, it is. And and, and Justin, I'll say something nice about Lamar Jackson. Four pass breakups. Hey. He's been probably our best corner this year. Um, I, I've been really impressed with him. Say something nice about it. No, he. you're right. He has stepped up this year. Uh, he built off of last year, and he's tearing it up. And he had really cool face paint there when his helmet came off and you saw the eye black all that stretched down from the top of his brow down to his face. I mean, that's some Damian Jackson artwork right there, I think. You know, that's that Navy SEAL face paint stuff there. But, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're exactly right. And, and don't make it sound like I'm a hater, man. Okay. And, and uh, well, speaking of guys that are haters and calling people out, uh, Derek, I believe you were not very keen on Muhammad Berry last week against Colorado. He's another player that played a really good game uh, this week. I, I was really impressed. He had 10 tackles. He seemed like he was back to being all over the field. Probably his best game this season. So give him some Really? Love. I don't remember saying anything that bad about him. I think we all said he didn't have a great game. I don't know why you're making me sound like uh, the hater on Bo Berry. Yeah, more you than anyone no, else. I mean, look, all we said was that he didn't have the impressive stat line that we've grown to expect from him. That's it. True. That he, it. he even admitted himself he did not have a great game against Colorado. I guess it's not it's not like we're just shitting on the guy. I mean the guy came out in an interview in himself and said I didn't have my greatest game. It was a good thing my brothers kept, picked it up for me. Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. Nobody's going to have that good a game every single game. So, uh just to ch- kind of turn a corner here on you guys a little bit. I, I want to talk about one key stat where Nebraska has really really turned a corner on that. Just Blows my mind that this hasn't been brought up more. Last year, we were 130th this time last year in penalties per game. We were 30, we're 31st in the country, only averaging 5.3 penalties a game right now. Yeah, this, like, this that is a huge jump. This game really helped our stats. Just one uh, 
one. That's fine. That's f- and it was that on is special fine. teams. That, it was on special teams too. I mean, against it was a backup. A, it was yeah. a backup. I mean, I, I I never did see what Noah Pola Gates did on that play to get the unsportsmanlike penalty. But I mean, that's that's the only thing that bothers me about that one penalty is it was an unnecessary penalty. That's one of those penalties that. We've talked about many numerous times. You got to keep that out of there. You can't. You can't let your emotions get the best of you. Okay, let's uh, talk about something crazy, something that we've never seen in a football game. I'm just going to go ahead and speak for you guys on this because it's probably true on your uh, side also. Special teams, the craziness with the special teams. Uh, it was Block City in that game. Uh, Derek, what what do you think of this special teams on both sides? Oh man, it it was up and down on both sides. Like I, I you know, I I'll say the one good thing. I, Isaac Armstrong had three punts in that game. All three of them were inside the twenty yard line. Really good stat. Look, made him look really good. He also had two blocked field goals and a blocked extra point. So we left seven points off the board because he couldn't get because he was getting them blocked. And I, I kind of argued with you guys at halftime that was kind of a little bit on the blocking scheme. After re-watching the game, he, he was a little slow. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about kicking. I'm not going to claim to. But when uh, the new kicker, Lake, Luke McCollum or yep. Lane McCollum, Lane McCollum I think is what it is, uh, you know, he came in, he looked better. I mean, he made his extra points. Uh, we really need Barrett Pickering back, guys. I think if Barrett Pickering comes back, I think our special teams is just fine. But until we get a kicker that can be consistent, we're we're probably in a little bit of trouble on special teams. Right. Tyler? Well, yeah, I mean, I tend to agree with Derek on that one. But, you know, I will – you know, at the end of the day, I will point out that as much as I'm concerned about our kicking game, one thing that I was overly impressed with was the way we went after the punter um, on special teams. I, I, for a very long time, I've wondered when the last time we actually brought a rush, and we brought it with JD Spielman back there on returns. And if we can continue this aggressive punt blocking uh, situation that we're doing, we're gonna win some really good battles here because you know you could draft them back you can go after the punter it, it, it's really going to throw a lot of teams around and that could be a huge advantage down the stretch you know, a key word you use there Tyler was aggressive and I, I just want to bring that this up that was the key thing to this whole game to me Scott Frost was for the most part, very aggressive in his play calling on offense. You know, when we got the ball back with like 50 seconds left before the halftime, I thought he was going to kneel on it and go to halftime. I really didn't think we were going to do anything. And what's he do? He drives down the field and we get a touchdown. I was impressed. Like, it would have been easy just to go to halftime and not not even try. And then defense, 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 defense. They, They were aggressive all game long and kept pressure on that quarterback all day long. And that's a lot of the reason why he couldn't make those throws is because he was getting rushed. I, t- I tell you, one guy that's not showing up on the stat line that's really doing a good job is uh, Alex Davis, man. That guy is back in the backfield rushing that quarterback almost every play, it seems like. like he is just – he can't ever seem to get the sack, which is one thing. But, I mean, if you're, if you're disturbing him that much and he can't make a throw, that's almost as good as a sack. So that guy deserves a little bit of credit for what he's doing too. Hey, if yeah, we can I, talk I about on so, but to go back to special teams, I, I think an interesting thing. Let's say Barrett Pickering's out for a while. 
do you what do you think Frost should do about kicking? Do you think we should just go to a hyper aggressive go for two every time? You know, we get inside. No. We if we're if we're kicking for a thirty five yard field goal, as long as it's not fourth and ten, we go for it. Like, what do you want to see out of special teams over the next couple weeks? Assuming Barrett Pickering's not good to go, I don't want to see us go for two unless we have to. Truthfully, I mean, I don't want to go back to the Oregon days where they're just going for two. Uh, I think somebody on that roster, whether it's McCollum or uh, I don't know, somebody can kick an extra point. However, uh, you make a great point there for the field goals. You know, if, if you're on the 25 and it's fourth and five, do you go for it or do you try that field goal? And I'm leaning towards you got to go for it right now. It's There's so much uncertainty. I think if we probably have a higher percentage of getting that first down at fourth and five than you do making that kick from the, uh, from the 25, Derek, do you agree? Ah, uh, I'm gonna disagree slightly. Like right now, I'm, I'm leaning more towards. Let's see what this Lane McCollum can do. Like he was a scholarship kicker at Air Force, so I I would like to see what he could do. Because maybe Isaac Armstrong was just the wrong pick. I mean, Justin, you and I talked about this. He was never really a kicker. Maybe a little bit in high school, but he hasn't really kicked since he's been in Nebraska. He's a senior, so I mean, for four years he hasn't kicked. Uh, this this Lane McCollum, he's a walk on, but he was just a, a scholarship kicker last year for Air Force, and uh, he worked. He was at Norfolk uh, here in Nebraska, where he where he came from, and he was 120 for 123 on his extra points and 20 for 31 on his field goals. Uh, th- those are decent stats. I mean, hopefully, you see if you can do it in a college game. I know it's a little different, uh, but before we just give up on the kicking game completely i'd kind of like to see what he could do and scott frost even mentioned you know he only really kind of started kicking this week because he's came as a walk-on as a defensive back but now that he's focusing straight on kicking let's see if he can kind of get back into a groove and just instead of just giving up on it well i i just say i threw out the 25 yard line because that's going to be a 42 yard field goal field goal you know so 40 yards or above man i'm not comfortable with that you know maybe 30 yards 35 has probably pushed it, but 40 and above, I think that's where it gets to that territory where it's like, oh, shit, you may just need to go for it there. It's not an automatic there, Tyler. I, I, I am on the different side of this completely. I, I think going for two makes sense. Um, what? So, 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 okay, hear me out. I, I think right now, if you are going to say that we're going to be 85% from extra point. Let's just say that's what we think we're going to be. Why in the God's name would you kick extra points? You you can't. It makes no sense to kick extra points if you do not think you're going to be at least 90 to 95%. And right now, I can't say confidently we're not. We're going to be that good. I don't think we're going to make 9 out of 10. Do you Again, think you don't know what Lane McCollum's going to do. He was 2 for 2 last weekend. Tyler, do you I, think that we're going to be above fifty percent on two point conversions? I mean, I mean, in theory, you could be forty five percent and be better than eighty five percent. I think that's the question Frost has got to ask himself. And I think we're we're about to do the Illinois preview in a few minutes. And I think that's something that you are vetting out during this game. I, I, is I, how good are you going to be at these situational things? I just want to point out when Nebraska and Oregon played. Uh, 
was it 2017 the uh, or 20, 2016 the only reason we won the game is because Oregon kept going for the two point conversions and, and normally I think that's a really bad strategy I I do I it, there's <laughs> but 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 you look how bad it was on su- Saturday and then you talk about field goals and Justin, you said if you're up to 25, I I personally think that if it's going to be over a 35 yard field goal, the number that I had in my head was fourth and six. If it's less than fourth and six, you go for it. Yeah, that's fair. I like, and, like that. And, and, and anything more than that, then you kick the field goal. Um, you know, and and unless you're in like the 47 to 50 yard, then maybe it changes the equation. But my point is, is, is I do think that the extra point thing is going to be an interesting development. I, I don't. It, but if I'm Scott Frost, I do not pull the trigger of whatever this strategy is against Illinois, because we know what's coming around the corner in two weeks with Ohio State, and you know you always talk about not holding something back, uh, you know. And I'm about to talk out of t- side of my two, two sides of my mouth here in a few minutes, but this is something you hold back until you get to Ohio State is your kicking strategy, because I think that could drastically give you an edge in that Ohio State game. Right. Let me ask you guys this: uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I didn't write his name down. What's our backup kicker's name that's out now? Jorgensen. 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 Dylan Jorgensen. There you go. So, what if he comes back before? Pickering, does that change your attitude? Yes, I think it has to. I mean, I think again, it's how confident you are with him. Um, but everything I've heard about him, he is adequate, and I think you could trust him to at least go ninety percent at extra point. Have they even? Said I, I, I think McCollum, you can. Have they even said what happened to Jorgensen? No, I have not heard no, absolutely I mean, not one thing on is that he guy. Injured? He, is he, he, he had trouble? one field goal that was partially blocked, and I haven't heard from him since. He got then. injured. So I, are you are you sure? I mean, no, but it sounds like he got injured, <laughs> and on the Twitter sphere, sure. Like <laughs> on hey. Twitter sphere, everybody's injured. I, I there's been absolutely. I haven't really heard the media ask about this guy. I haven't heard the obviously coaches ain't going to talk about him unless it's a season-ending injury. So how, how do you? How does anybody know what happened to this guy? But Maybe he, he gave up on the team and just friggin' left. I don't know. Well, you think Frost would adjust that? But it, again, you you would think with what we're going through, kicker right now, you would hear him at least taking practice kicks at practice, and he's not. I mean, by all media reports, and so I. But Barrett Pickering I, I get, is. I don't know, but I, it sounds like Barrett. No, Pickering, I mean, Joven Dewitt said it this week. He said he's been kicking the last two weeks. In practice, they're just not comfortable with them in games yet. What could he have done? Like, it's kicking. Like, if your hamstrings are good, there was an NFL punter this week, and I don't even know his name, that punted, and he had to, like, limp to the sidelines. It's kicking. It isn't that hard. It's not contact. If you can kick an extra point, put Barrett Pickering in. Hey, let's transition to the injuries because injuries are starting to mount up here. And uh, they may be uh, alarm, you know, getting to that alarm station there. Uh, Derek, do you have the uh, list of injuries on hand? Uh, I, I do not. I know the two big ones are uh, Brendan Hymas and Cam Taylor Britt, which, according to Twitter Sphere, I seen earlier today that 
apparently he's okay. So well, Cam Taylor Britt returned to the sideline during the game with no uh, no brace on or anything, and he was available available for pictures after the game. So any thoughts of it being like a collarbone injury or a separated shoulder doesn't appear to be that. Um, the popular diagnosis is it was a stinger. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see the coaches sitting him out against Illinois. I wouldn't be shocked if he played. But, I mean, you would think if something was broken or separated, he would have been in a sling. Like, it just – or wouldn't have gone back to the sidelines. Brandon Hymas – I, I think that's a whole different speculation game that I, I don't know what you guys are thinking that one is. Let, let me ask you this. I, and, Tyler, I'm, I'm going to ask you this more than anything. So w- when there was first a player down, the announcers made the announcement that it was Will, uh, it was Farniok that was down. What was your thought when that happened? And then what was your thought when they said, oh, it was Hymas that was down? Don't answer that question. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. Hey, uh, let's move on to our Illinois preview. But uh, first, let's take a quick time out to hear from another great Big Heads Media podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're the Skeptical Skeptics. Each week, we talk about all the crazy things in the world, ranging from the paranormal to Bigfoot to UFOs. And we look at it from the perspective of the believer, the skeptic, and everything in between. So come check us out on the MSC Podcast Network. Or go to SkepticalSkeptics.com and follow us at SkepSkepPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we are back. Uh, so let's talk about this Illinois game. The Huskers traveled to Champaign, Illinois to take on the 2-1 and Fighting Illini, who lost to Eastern Michigan 34-31 to last week. Now looking at the stats matchup, Nebraska and Illinois are very close in most categories. As of right now, Nebraska is a 13-point favorite there. Uh, Derek, give us the breakdown on this Illinois team. Uh, you know, I okay, so their defense is much improved over last year, or so it would appear. I think they're kind of in the same boat as Nebraska right now. With I don't know if we can go 100% and go, oh, this defense is fully improved. They're averaging uh, less than 100 yards rushing as well, but they've played Akron, who's the number 129th team in rushing, uh, UConn, who's 102nd team in rushing, and Eastern Michigan, who's 115th in rushing so far this year. Uh, so I, I, I'm not really sure if they're stopping the run that well or if it's just the teams they're playing. I will say Eastern Michigan did have 164 yards on them and had 4.1 yards per carry. So I think that maybe Nebraska can maybe be able to try to run the ball on these guys. Offensively, their their passing has gotten a lot better compared to last year, but it's brought their run game down quite a bit. Last year, they averaged 243 yards per game rushing. This year, they're only averaging 168. So, I mean, they're down just as much as Nebraska is, slightly more even. Uh, but their, their passing has picked it up. They went from 166 yards to 239 yards. Uh they're scoring offense is up from 26 points a game to 35 points a game. So obviously their offense is working somewhat well for them. But again, they haven't really played anybody that well yet. So we'll see. Nebraska is definitely going to be their biggest test. Uh, they ha- they do have this, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Olu Woli Betatuku. I can't say it. He's a junior. 
He's a junior. He's a junior. He's got okay. He's got seven and a half tackles for loss, which leads the country. Leads the country in tackles for loss. He's also tied for first in sacks per, sacks so far this year. This guy is going to be uh, a big one, and if Hymas is hurt, could be a problem because he's on the D line. So that's going to be the guy that I think on defense to really watch out for. Yeah, a couple linebackers that are pretty good too. Uh, and of course, they got Reggie Corbin coming back. He's got 24 carries, 180 yards, and seven and a half per attempt, and two touchdowns in only two games as he was out in the second game with a hip stinger. So, uh, should be a fun game to watch, I think. Tyler, anything to add? Well, I, a lot to add, but I will start with this. There will be quarterback pressure on Saturday. Illinois is ninth in the country in sacks per game, and they're 109th in sacks allowed. I think our defensive line will get to their quarterback, whether we sack him or not, I don't know. And I think that we they will get to Martinez, and whether they sack him or not, I don't know. But that is a very key component, whether this game will go. Guys, when, when I look at this game, th- this is a very big game. When I talked about earlier talking out of two sides of my mouth, this is a make-or-break game for the season for Nebraska. This is a game on paper we should win. I don't think any of us would doubt it. But we have not been good on the road. Frost is yet to win on the road in Nebraska. This defense is yet to travel on the road. We've given up at least 30 points in every game on the road since Scott Frost and this team took over. So the question is going to be, is, is this defense going to show up at all against Illinois, or are we going to let Michigan transfer Brandon Peters look like an All-American type candidate? I don't know that answer. History shows that on the road, we let the road quarterbacks look really damn good. Last week, Brandon Peters started off really hot against Eastern Michigan. He completed 13 of his first 17 passes. Um, he struggled late in the game when they got pressure on him. So is Nebraska going to get pressure on him and disrupt him, and or is it going to be like the typical road defenses we've seen and allow him in the pocket? Because if you give him time, he can beat you. Derek, you had something to add there? Yeah, I just, you know, first off, last year's last year. I don't think I want to look back at that. That's fine. You talk about our defense on the road this year. Uh, look, we played three great quarters of football in that Colorado game. It was the one quarter. So hopefully, you're right, Tyler. You're right. Your your stats aren't wrong, but we're talking about one quarter of football so far this year. That defense looked really good other than that one quarter. So with that being said, I, I have confidence that they can come into Illinois and play good defense. So Derek, what are some ways that Illinois can exploit Nebraska? Oh, well, if our, if our secondary don't start covering better, it's, uh, like, like Tyler said, I mean, yeah, he can get, if these receivers get behind you, he's a little bit more accurate than this Northern Illinois quarterback. So they're going to have to really shore that up. But I, I think their offensive line is still uh, a little bit green, and I think we can get some pressure on his quarterback. Uh, I, I, I don't see a whole lot of ways that they're going to exploit us, guys. I, I think they've played a weak schedule so far, and I think they've done a good job of playing two of them in the third team i think they kind of choked on uh i I would have been a little more worried about illinois if it wouldn't have been for last week's game they gave up 480 yards to the 82nd worst or best offense in the country 
480 yards to the 82nd wor- or best offense. I mean, I, that's absurd. So I think I think our offense can probably have a heyday on this defense. I don't think they're quite as good as what, what we thought they were after the first two games. Well, you know, uh, Levin Smith, he's, uh, he is now coaching the defense. Uh, he's, he took it over. He fired his defensive coordinator last year, so he's taking it over. Calling the shots there. Uh, Tyler, what are some ways Nebraska can exploit well, I Illinois? I think you look got to look at what uh, um, Nebraska has the opportunity to do against this defense. I mean, Derek, you talked about this defense. I think the big factor with this defense is they're getting beat the hell up. Last week, starting defensive tackle Jamal Woods didn't play. Uh, they were out there starting safety and another safety. Um, you know, on the injury report this week, uh, they they just suspended Lear Oladipo for the year. He was a key component in their backup offensive line. Um, one of their best defensive linemen from last year that was coming back was Bobby Roundtree, who has been out for the season. Uh, Marquise uh, Beeson is out for the season. I mean. These were a, a Phil Still guide for projected starters um, that are injured. So I, I think that you look at this team and this defense is not 100%, especially in that secondary. I think when you look at what Adrian Martinez did last week throwing the ball, I think we can get some plays in the air. Eastern Michigan did it. They looked really well, especially on that last drive. So I think that we can exploit them through the air, especially with this banged up defense. You agree, Dirk? Yeah, I like like I said, I, I yes, Tyler. Everything said Tyler said was right on that. Uh, especially now that we've proving that we can start getting more guys involved. I mean, you know, we had Spielman, Noah, Robinson, Washington, Stoll, Williams, all with catches, and you know that was just with only what was it, sixteen receptions out there. Uh, so I. I I think that Adrian Martinez is getting better week by week. I think the offensive line's getting a little bit better each week, I, especially in the pass block. Uh, Brennan Hymas is going to be a big deal. I, I will say this. I thought uh, Brock Bando looked really relatively good filling in for him. Uh, now we're getting into Big Ten play. I'm hoping I, we don't have to rely on him a whole lot. But – if, if he can at least uh, spell him for a game, if uh, Hymas can't come back this game, I, I have faith that I think he'll do okay. And, I, you know, I know Adrian Martinez has not looked the best running the ball as much this year. He's still on pace for almost 500 yards rushing. He's already got three touchdowns, so he's on pace for 12 touchdowns this year. Uh, he hasn't looked crisp doing it on the running plays. But his scrambling has still looked pretty good. There were a few times last week where it looked like he probably could have been sacked, and he eluded the defenders and, and got to the outside and either ran or threw the ball away. So he's still a dynamic quarterback, whether we've thought he looked as good as we thought he would or not. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you can definitely exploit that defensive backs. Hey, Derek, did you bring up Reggie Corbin? Yes. Your, you did? Uh you guys are talking about the pass game exploiting us. Can he hurt our defense? Uh, of course. Uh, he he hurt us last year a little bit. Not quite as much as Reggie uh, 
not Reggie, A.J. Bush, I'm sorry, not Reggie Bush. A.J. Bush really killed us last year. Uh, but Reggie Corbin had a good first half. If you, if you guys will remember, he also uh, got hurt in the first half and ended up not playing the rest of the game against us. Uh, so I imagine he's looking to get try to get back out there and try and do something against us. Uh, he, he's quick. He's got good hands, so they could run some screens with him. Uh, but Nebraska's done really well at, at, at defending the screen so far this year, which, which is something I think we've uh, under understated so far because that was a play that burned us a lot last year. So, And it's something that's been improved. Like I, I know we talk about the rush defense and everything, but the, but the screens have really, really done well. And JoJo Doman is one of the best at just blowing that screenplay up. I'm kind of shocked that uh... – we were talking about our Northern Illinois recap that uh, the swing pass for the safety <laughs> didn't get brought up, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, 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 but you know, did you rewatch that play? Yeah. If if Austin Allen continues and finishes out his block, that play probably goes for a while because that was the only guy around to make that tackle. That was more. I, I put that more on Austin Allen than I do anybody else. He needed to make that block. Still a ballsy call. Uh, Tyler, how do you envision this Illinois game panning out as far as game I, I, I do think there are going to be a lot of points scored on both sides. Um, I, I think that you know, as much as I've been high on this defense, I do think Brandon Peters is a good quarterback. I do think Illinois, until proven otherwise, it, you know, they're they're going to have success against this defense that hasn't transferred on the road under Scott Frost. Um, but I, I think we're going to score a lot of points, too. I think we found a little juju last week. We got a little momentum on that offensive ball. Mo Washington sounded like he was banged up. Hopefully that's not serious for Saturday. But um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Very well could be. Derek, how do you think it's going to pan out? I, I tend to disagree. I, I, think, I think there will be... I think Nebraska will be about their average. I, I have faith in this defense. I, I really do. They've impressed me with, like I said, with the exception of the one quarter against Colorado, who I honestly think is probably still a better team than Illinois. I I, th- I think our defense is going to show up. I think they're going to shut them down a little bit better than Tyler the, does. The unspoken key of this game, Derek alluded to this with Nebraska, is going to be penalties. We had one penalty last week. The last two weeks, Illinois has had nine penalties each game. That is going to be a factor come Saturday. Well, special teams could come into factor, too. If you guys remember last year's game, they had like four turnovers, I think, on special teams. So if they haven't fixed their special teams this year, and I haven't paid enough attention to Illinois to see what they've done on special teams, uh, but if they haven't fixed some of that mess, they could still continue to turn the ball over quite a bit. Good Lord, so this game could be a special teams nightmare like last weekend, huh? That, Very that well was fun to be. watch, oh, though. Geez. Sometimes, well, was, sometimes. That was one of the most fun games i ever seen as far as special teams. went. It sucked when we got ours blocked, but watching us block theirs was just so fun. Yeah, that part's – I can handle that part. It's just seeing an extra point. <laughs> Field goal. Oh, yeah, that sucked. Hey, uh, let's move it on. Let's talk about the games of the week. Uh, these are picked straight up. But first, Tyler, give us the updated standings. Yeah, so uh, last week we all went 4-2. and two. So Justin, me, and you still tied for the lead at 13-5, and five, and Derek's at 12-6. and six. Wow, that's close. 
All right, let's see if we can get some separation here. First game of the week is Oklahoma State at number 12, Texas. Texas is five-and-a-half-point favorites. Tyler. Sorry, I'm flipping the right page. Um, so I, I got Texas in this one. Uh, Oklahoma State offense has looked really good so far. They've scored 40 points in each of their games. Um, Texas has a loss against LSU, but I think Texas is a far better team than Oklahoma State. I'm still not buying them, so I got Texas in this game. Derek. Texas gives up 417 yards per game. They have their their defensive backs have been exploited. And if there's one thing that Oklahoma State can do, it's throw the ball. I, I think Oklahoma State comes in and upsets these guys. I think Oklahoma State has a good team. They're scoring a shit ton of points. Uh and and Texas's defense isn't really stopping people from scoring that much. They're giving up 24 points a game, and only one team has has been a good team that they've played. Even even the bad teams that they played have scored 16 and 24 points against them. Uh, I, I think Oklahoma State's going to exploit these guys, and I think Oklahoma State finds a way to win. Wow, on the road. Uh, I have Texas in a close one in this one. Next game, number 11, Michigan at number 13, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is now three and a half point favorites. You know, uh, one of the defensive best defensive players for Wisconsin, Bryson Williams, is going to be out this Saturday. That could be a big factor against Michigan. Um, but Wisconsin clearly has the best defense in the country. They they have the best yards, the best scoring defense. They haven't allowed a point all year. The best rushing defense. Michigan has really struggled to move the ball under new offensive coordinator uh, Josh Gabs. I think that continues Saturday. I think this is going to be a really close game, and then Wisconsin ends up winning. Derek. Uh, one thing that's a little underestimated is what Wisconsin's doing on offense because they're scoring a lot of points too. Uh, I, I, I think this is probably a close game. Uh, Wisconsin probably edges them out being at home. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan come in there and beat them. I just – don't know if you can do it in Camp Randall right now. Not the way, not the way Michigan's played in the first couple games. So I was high on Michigan prior to the season. I actually had them going undefeated, making the playoffs. Uh, but watching Michigan struggle against Army, I mean, they have some major issues. And uh, I think Wisconsin is going to beat these guys by about two touchdowns at Camp Randall. I mean, I, I just don't. I'm not impressed with Michigan. They are not what I thought they would be. They they are a huge disappointment. And Wisconsin, they're a huge surprise. I mean, they have not allowed a, a point scored yet. And Michigan's offense, they don't impress me. This very well could be another shutout. Derek? Well, <laughs> they've played uh, Central Michigan and South Florida, who's neither team has looked very impressive all year so Neither far. Neither has Michigan. Uh, I, I understand that, but I think Michigan's still better than those two teams. Uh, I think Michigan. I think I think Michigan will find a way to score a little bit. I, I think I think it'll be a low scoring game though. Uh, but but you're right, Justin. I, you know what? This is one thing I'll say about this game. I would stay away from betting this game because I have no clue which way it would really go. All right. Our third game on the slate, Michigan State, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at Northwestern. Tyler. You know, I, I've not been high on Northwestern going into the year, and I might be a little bit higher on them now, but I still think they are a very average team. 
Michigan State is great on defense, and they have no offense. I think this is going to be a tight, no-scoring game. Um, that ultimately, I think Michigan State's just a little bit too good. I think they'll be a little bit fired up after losing against ASU last week for the second straight year. I like Michigan State on the road in this game. I think the over-under is 39. I don't know what I'd bet on that. God. Derek. Uh, You know, everybody talks about Michigan State's offense. Uh, They're averaging 28 points a game, almost 29 points a game. I don't think they're quite as bad as everyone thinks. They just couldn't do anything against Arizona State. I'm not sure why where that came from. Uh, I was very high on Northwestern coming before the season started. And after watching, I thought their defense was just going to be great. And their defense is missing tackles. They're, they're just have not looked very crisp so far this year. Uh I think Michigan State wins. It, it'll be a close game. It's it's every Northwestern game's a close game, but Michigan State will win. I think. Yeah, I think Michigan State's going to win a very very boring game. Uh, it's it's uh, going to be interesting. Number four on the list is uh, number eight Auburn at number seventeen Texas A and M. A&M is three-and-a-half point favorites. You know, Tyler. Auburn beat Oregon in the opening game of the year, but they really weren't overly impressive against Tulane after that. I, I, I don't know what the buy of that Auburn team. I can't say that I've watched a lot of Texas A&M so far this year, but they did play a relatively competitive game against Clemson. Um, I, I think College Station is too tough of a place to play. I think Texas A&M edges them out. Derek? I, I tend to agree. I, I think the home field advantage probably helps A and M enough. Uh, what, what people also forget is yes, Auburn beat Oregon, but it was on neutral field. Now they're going to be on a road road game setting. I, I think that's a little tougher. I think A and M will f- will pull out a s- small margin of victory. Yeah, I didn't know how to go in this game. I went back and forth, and in the end, I just went with uh, the team that with the best victory, and that was Auburn. So give me Auburn. You guys will probably be right, though. Texas A&M, man. Games at College Station, wonderful. Absolutely amazing there. Uh, All right, last game on the slate, number seven, Notre Dame at number three, Georgia. Uh, Georgia is 14-point favorites. Tyler. Georgia leads the SEC in rushing right now. If you watch that Louisville-Notre Dame game, Notre Dame's a little bit – I, they, they didn't look great against stopping the run against Louisville. Um, Ian Brooks is the real deal, so I think he does enough to probably cover that spread. But I like Georgia in this game. Derek? Man, I, I think this game's a little tougher to call. I think this game's closer. I I, I would not take Georgia myself in this game. Uh, I, I think they win. I don't think they cover. Uh if it, if it was in if it was on a neutral field or Notre, at Notre Dame, I think maybe I could go with Notre Dame. But being at Georgia, I can't consciously pick Notre Dame. But I do think this is a closer game that people are thinking. I think Notre Dame is a better team than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, Georgia. They haven't played anybody yet. Their their schedule so far has been just dirt. Uh, I, I do think Georgia wins, but I'm with you, Derek. Georgia wins, but they do not cover in this one. Uh, with all that being said, let's get to our best bets. Uh, this is where the Cousins go up against the spread to pick up uh, some money for you guys. Just don't listen to my picks. 
Uh, Tyler, go ahead and give the uh, standings so well, far in best. Bets. You know, Derek is the guy to listen to. He is three and zero. I am one and two, and Justin, you are a loser. You have not been right once. If you want to know why the Let It Ride segment died, is because Justin got his way too often last year, and, and that's why <laughs> we could we lost so many in a row. One and two. What was your record, Tyler? Not much better. Okay. Hey, I tell you what, me, me and Tyler were completely duped by that Maryland uh, Temple game. You know, we, we picked hey, I, the over. I took game. your advice and I put some money on that game, on the over, and I lost some money on that game. But I also thought that Maryland at minus seven was an easy pick. Yeah, I was wrong on that one, too. If it makes you feel any better, my betting was very terrible last weekend, other than my best bet, so... I'll take the best bet win, yeah. but it was it was not it was not a good week for Derek betting. Well, well let's see if we can all go three and zero this week. Tyler, what is your best bet of the weekend? So, I, I got West Virginia at Kansas at four and a half points. You know, a lot of people are high on Kansas because they beat Boston College last week. I don't know who Boston College what plays this year this week, but you might want to bet against them. But two weeks ago, Kansas lost to Coastal. Coastal who? I don't know. But they lost against them. I think West Virginia is good enough to cover the four and a half points. Derek, what is your best bet of the week? Well, before I get into that, I just want to talk to Tyler. The only problem with that is I don't know if West Virginia is any better than Boston College. Uh, But anyway... I'll get into mine. I I have uh, North Carolina was only three point favorites over Appalachian State. Appalachian State's looked good against their two uh, very low, like almost FCS schools that they played. Uh, they haven't played the likes of Mac Brown yet. And I, I, Husker fans, we can all hate Mac Brown all we want, but there's one thing he does, and he tends to win games. And I think he finds a way to beat Appalachian State pretty easily. I like that pick. I like that pick as well. And Tyler, for your pick, man, I tell you what, two inconsistent teams between West Virginia and Kansas. That is very ballsy of you to uh, pick that game. I bet, I'm betting against Kansas. I mean, nobody I knows mean, what kind of Kansas. I, I, again, yeah. everyone is really high on Kansas. If two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I had told you, after they lost to Coastal 10-7, to they scored seven points against a team that I don't know if they're Division One. Or an NAIA school. Was it's it Coastal, Coastal Carolina, Carolina, man? Well, you sure? Yeah. Yeah, World yeah. Series. This isn't baseball. Man. This isn't baseball. Oh. <laughs> they scored seven <laughs> oh. points against that. West Virginia is not a good team, but they're going to score a few touchdowns on Saturday. I love that game. All right. Well, I just had to get my jabs in because I'm getting ready for my pick. And my pick here is the hometown heroes in Waco, uh, Baylor, minus 26 and a half at Rice. It's a night game down there in Houston. But Baylor, they're just going to name their score. They're going to go out there. They're going to put up a whole bunch of points. Their defense appears to be uh, a little bit improved over the past years. So 26 and a half, I don't think is a lot of points. especially when you're facing Rice, and Rice isn't going to score a lot of points here. So that's my best bet of the weekend. 
That's yeah. I'm a little nervous about that one. That's a lot of points for Baylor to cover. I, I the the Owls. You can't underestimate the Owls. If one thing NCAA football taught me is that that can always be a tough game for you. <laughs> Derek. Hey, they were the ones that scored almost seven. I think seventeen or six, sixteen or seventeen points on that daunted Texas team. So yeah, seventeen points. Uh, yeah. I, 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 that one scares me a little. I don't. I, I think Rice can I'm score. It, Justin. But. I'm gonna ride with you. I, I trust you, and I'll put my money on you. Hey, I, 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 I might, ta- I might take a break from Justin Betts. I, I'm bound week. to get one right this year. This might be the <laughs> week. All right, hey, uh, let's move on to our score prediction contest. Uh, Nebraska minus thirteen at Illinois. Tyler, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. Um, you know, as the winner of last week's scoring contest, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep hopefully keeping the streak alive. I do think there's gonna be a lot of points scored on Saturday. Um, with that said, I think Nebraska is gonna score a lot more points than Illinois. I got Nebraska winning 45 to 24. Nice, Derek. Uh, we're we're not far off from each other, I guess. Uh... I, I I think our defense finds a way to really shut these guys down. I I they they impressed me so far. Like I said, without with the exception of one quarter, and I think they learned a big lesson from that one quarter. Uh, I think Nebraska wins big. I think they win forty five to ten. Holy smokes! I'd love to see that. That's impressive, Derek. Uh, you guys each have forty five points scored for the Huskers. I have a score and a lot of points, but not quite that much. I think Nebraska wins 38-24 to 24 in this game. Uh, so this is – it'll be fun. Go ahead, Derek. Uh, just, just one question. I'm going I'm to direct this a little more towards Justin and Tyler here. But, uh, you know, I, the reason I do that is because Justin and I, through our text messaging and phone calls, you usually tend to be the most tough on Nebraska right now. Right. And, and right now, I don't think any of us really foresee a big chance of Nebraska being able to beat or even keep up with uh, Ohio State. But let me ask you, Jump what would Nebraska head, have to man. do? I, I, I get it. I get it. But what would Nebraska have to do against Illinois to change your mind and think that we could play in that game? Well, there's two things. Uh, Nebraska would really have to blow out Illinois, but also I would have to see Ohio State struggle. And uh, they're not struggling, so so there's really nothing Nebraska can do. It's more what Ohio State does. Well, no, I mean they would really have to destroy Illinois. I mean we're going to have to see four quarters of domination uh, against Illinois. But yeah, it's it's going to be two two pieces of the puzzle there. Get destruction of Illinois and. We got to see some chinks in that armor for Ohio State right now, right? Ryan Day's got that team steamrolling. Fair enough. Tyler, I you know I don't know. I mean, Ohio State was a game I thought we're going to lose a lot. I mean, you know, I I am I I think you are going to look at a prime time kickoff in Nebraska. Man, I I don't know that that's a big game for Scott Frost and company. I don't know where I'm at on that game right now. I I don't think I'm prepared to say. I think it's going to come down to both Saturdays. I think I'll have a lot better idea for next week. I don't want to 
bury the lead, but man, I, I might be trending upset by the time we get there. No, that's always a possibility. It usually is uh, in Nebraska, but Derek, I mean, right now with what you know about each team, if they were to set a line on the Nebraska-Ohio State, what would you think that line would be at this point? Uh, I, I would probably lean towards 12.5 for Ohio State. Wow, I I I I'm a, I would go okay. like six and a half for Ohio State in the Brett Lincoln. Yeah, Are I think serious? in Lincoln, I think that's a close uh, game. Not not to open, not to open. I don't think. I, I think it. I think it would uh, right right now with without the week four games played. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, now if now if Nebraska comes in and destroys Illinois the way I kind of think we're going to. Uh, maybe, maybe you, Tyler, you're a little closer, but if you're t- trying to pick a line right now, I, I'm leaning at least double digits. I, right, right now we we've looked really good against a MAC team. That's it. Yep, I agree. Uh, we will find out by the time we record next week. We will know what that line is. Uh, but now let's move on to last call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes to Jack Hoffman. Um, it was released on Twitter this week that he was playing in his junior high game. I I don't know what position that young man's playing, um, but I hope he scores many, many touchdowns and plays very well. It's so great to see his health where it's at. And and it, it it almost brought a tear to my eyes seeing where he's at nowadays. So, um, kudos to you, Jack. Uh, all love from Husker Nation. Dirk. Well, apparently all that radiation turned him into the Hulk because he's apparently taller than his dad now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, you know, hey, I, I hope the kid, I hope the best for the kid. Maybe one day he walks on for Nebraska, or hey, even better yet, maybe he gets a scholarship to play for Nebraska. Hey, he was a true feel good story coming out of the spring game there with Rex Burkhead. I mean, that's going to be a moment that we're going to see every year moving forward. I mean, it was just a great moment, and you know, seeing him grow up, that's a that's really cool. So. Uh, hopefully he has a great junior high year of football. So, last call to you there, Derek. All right. So, Florida State fans are apparently not very happy with Willie Taggart. Uh, I, I, this might be a shock to everybody. I don't know, but I've I've seen a lot of talk from Florida State fans. Apparently, there is even one four-year-old Florida State fan who has put together a fundraiser where he's selling lemonade trying to reach the buyout to get Willie Taggart fired. <laughs> this is funny to me. Willie Taggart's buyout's like $17 million. I think he raised $241. His dad said he would would match it. And so his dad sent a check for two hundred $482, which is nothing to the $17 million that they'd have to pay him to get rid of him. So he's not going anywhere. Get over at Florida State. Just suck for a while. Hey, only out of Florida do you find a story like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're terrible, guys. I mean, I I am shocked at Willie Taggart struggling so much, but my God, it's pretty funny to watch Florida State burn down the way they are. They're almost Tennessee bad at this point. Does he survive the season, though? He has to. I don't think they can afford to hardly get rid of him. 
Like that's a lot of money to buy them out. I mean, there's going to be more kids selling lemonade. I mean, there's going to be a lot of dads pushing their kids to sell lemonade if they if they drop more turds like this. Come on, man. Maybe the lemonade stayed here shortly. All right, hey, last call to me, and my last call goes out to Jeremiah Stovall, who received a scholarship today. So kudos to him. Uh, there's one left. Uh, who do you think deserves it, Tyler? I, I, I like Sullivan in this one. I think he's played really well at safety. Um, I, I I would go with him. Derek? Uh, it's hard to disagree. I, I don't even know about safety. I mean, he's played okay at safety. He had a really good pass break up there in the end zone for that to stop uh, Northern Illinois from getting in there. Uh, he, he's been a little suspect in some coverage outside of that. But his special teams play is every bit as good as Stovall's, if not better. He laid that guy out on that punt return uh, early in the game. And I, I, I lean towards Sullivan. The problem is I really haven't heard his name being brought up by any of the coaches as to who might get the other scholarship. So I, I hope for the kid, but I don't know. You know, I mean, I kind of thought that Isaac Armstrong would get one. I mean, the way he contributed last year and this year, aside from – you know his uh, field goal kicking duties, but well, he's a solid and let's not put punter, the, man. Let's let's not put that on him. I, that's a tough position to put no, him. No, in. you're absolutely right, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think he deserves a scholarship from contributing two years. The way I mean, he's booming punts, getting them into the inside the twenty. I mean, forty five yards a punt so far yeah, this year. Absolutely. So I don't know. That's just me. Uh, we'll see how that plant pans out, but uh, let's get out of here, guys. Another great show. Uh, hey, uh, Ohio State against the lights next weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun, so uh, I might be back for that one. Hey, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week as we recap the Illinois game and preview Ohio State. And as always, go Big Red. Third.